word this morning. So, Father, we thank you. I thank you for hungry-hearted people who desire to hear your word, and I pray, Father, for your anointing this morning. Let them hear more than my voice. I pray in Jesus' name that they would hear this voice of the Spirit of God as he cements truth into their lives so they can build their lives on truth, and truth will in turn build their lives. In Jesus' name, amen? Amen. We're going to start out in Luke chapter 6, verse 35, and I'm going to read the entire verse, but I really want to draw your attention to the last few words of the verse. Luke chapter 6, verse 35 says, and this is the master speaking, but love your enemies and do good and lend, expecting nothing in return, and your reward will be great. And you will be the sons of the Most High. Now listen to this. For he himself is kind. He himself is kind to ungrateful and evil people. The title of this morning's message is Kindness Changes Everything. Amen? So I want to ask you a question, and I I am looking for some responses, so you'll have to yell it out. I only want three or four. How do you define, how do you define kind? And I don't mean of like kind. I mean along the lines of kindness. How do you know when someone's being kind to you? Three people. Nice treatment. Generous. Encouraging words. One more. Doing something that you didn't expect. All absolutely excellent. Let me, let me give you the definition of, from Webster's pre-1920 dictionary. Kind means, listen to this, inclined or disposed and willing to do good to others. To make them happy by granting their requests. Now, as I'm defining this, Jesus said, he is kind. Your father is kind. That means he's inclined and willing to do good to others. He wishes to make them happy by granting their request. Supplying their wants or assisting them in distress. Everyone say, he is kind. Having tenderness or goodness of nature. That last word, I had to look it up because I don't use that one very often. Been nigga 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 that. It means big hearted. Big hearted. More accurately, it means having a big, tender heart. Now, it's not surprising that God would be good to the worthy, to the pious, to the holy, to those without flaws. Because that's what every religion teaches. Every religion teaches that God is good to the holy. But the same religion that teaches God is good to the holy paints him as angry, judgmental, biased, hard-hearted to the unworthy. The problem with that is we all are unworthy. You you following me? So Jesus comes along 
And Jesus is teaching, and I want you to hear when I say this, Jesus is teaching a forgotten revelation. Not an unknown revelation, a forgotten revelation. Because all throughout the scripture, from the very beginning, God revealed himself to his people as tenderhearted, merciful, compassionate, good. In fact, if you, if you look up all of those different ways of saying God is tenderhearted, you look up how many times the word compassion is used, or kindness, or loving kindness, or merciful, or good, it's over a thousand different Bible verses. A thousand different times God is saying, I want you to understand this about me. I am tenderhearted. I am merciful. I want to do you good. Amen? Oh, look at me. You've seen a crying baby before. It's not that big a distraction. So Jesus comes and reveals a forgotten revelation. Now, the people of Jesus' time, now this is where, so I, I want you to hear this too. The people at the time of the ministry of Jesus seemed to have no concept of a good God. They seemed to have no concept of a kind-hearted, tender-hearted God. Now, they lost that revelation, and here's what I want to say to you. That any time... A relation through the operation of tradition turns into a religion, the portrait of your God changes. Don't ask me to say that again because I probably can't. But what starts out as a relationship, when it morphs over into a religion, you're not worshiping the same God. And, and there's no religion that worships the God of relationship. This is the reason, you remember, when the disciples asked Jesus, teach us how to pray, he didn't say, my God. He said, our Father. He was trying to draw their attention back from a God of religion to a God of relationship. Because the image of the one is not the same as the image of the other. The image of the religious God is mean and vindictive, and you got to dot every I and cross every T and never make a mistake. The God of the relationship is kind, and merciful, quick to forgive, tenderhearted. So my goal today is this, that if you can't close your eyes, and imagine something good happening to you today, not because you deserve it, but simply because he is good. My goal is that by the time we say our final amen, you will walk out of this place expecting something good to happen to you today. Simply because your God is good. I want to say it again. Kindness changes everything. Now, there's one verse that we know, we sing songs about it, we write poems about it, but we don't often understand it. And that is in the book of Lamentations, chapter 3, verse 22 and 23. Lamentations, chapter 3, verses 22 and 23. Verse 22 says this, The Lord's loving kindnesses indeed Quickly cease. Never cease. Let's rephrase that. 
The Lord's kindness, born of love, never cease. Meaning, you can never get to the limit where God says, I'm through being good to you. His loving kindnesses, this is what the prophet Jeremiah said, they never cease. For his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Now, this verse here is taken from the book of Lamentations. Now, I don't know, I don't know when the last time you read Lamentations... Because it's not exactly a giddy book. The word lamentations literally means wailing and weeping. It's a book of tears. And in the middle of that, we find this verse. Now, lamentations, I want to give you some background so we can understand the implication. Lamentations is mourning the death of a city. The funeral of Jerusalem. It's a tear-stained portrait of the once proud Jerusalem, now reduced, listen to this, reduced to rubble by the invading Babylonian armies. A death has occurred, Jerusalem lies bare, and its people are either killed or in great agony, dying in the streets. Bodies were lining the streets of Jerusalem because the Babylonians wouldn't let them take care of their dead. There's no escape, there's nowhere to run, and then in the midst of this holocaust, the prophet triumphantly cries out, great is your faithfulness. See, sometimes in order to understand someone's expression of faith, we've got to know the atmosphere they were in. Because it's easy to proclaim his faithfulness when you're on the mountaintop. But the same God who's faithful on the mountaintop is God in the valley. But sometimes we lose sight of him in the valley. And I just want to applaud what Jess was saying because that is so true. When we're in the valley, we're wondering, where are you? And he's, he's still just as near to you as he was when you had everything going well. Great is your faithfulness. In the face of death and destruction, with life coming apart, Jeremiah turns a tragedy into a faith triumph. He remembered, listen to this, God had never failed them in the past, and God had promised to be faithful in the future. So in the light of the God he knows and he loves, despite the absolute tragedy that was going on around him, he declared Great is your faithfulness. But that, that proclamation of faith was born of a memory. And the memory was the Lord's loving kindnesses never cease. You say it again. Kindness changes everything. Now, I want, we don't have slides for this, but I want you to hear the words of the prophet as he, as he spoke on behalf of all of the citizens of Jerusalem, really the entire nation, before this triumphant declaration. This is what he says, listen. I've suffered much because God was angry. He chased me into a dark place where no light could enter. 
I'm the only one he punishes over and over again without ever stopping. I think all of us have had moments where this is how we felt. I don't know about you, but I know there's been times in my life I felt I was in the middle of a perfect storm. You know what I mean by perfect storm? There is no harbor of safety. You're completely hemmed in and you don't know how to get out. This is what the prophet is saying. God caused my skin and flesh to waste away. And he crushed my bones. He attacked and surrounded me with hardships and trouble. He forced me to sit in the dark like someone long dead. God built, I told you, Lamentations is not a giddy book. God built a fence around me that I cannot climb over and chained me down. Even when I shouted and prayed for help, he refused to listen. God put big rocks in my way and made me follow a crooked path. God was like a bear or a lion waiting in ambush for me. He dragged me from the road and then tore me to shreds. God took careful aim and shot his arrow straight through my heart. I'm a joke to everyone. No one ever stops making fun of me. God has turned my life sour. He made me eat gravel and rub me in the dirt. I cannot find peace or remember happiness. I tell myself, I am finished. I can't count on the Lord to do anything for me. Just thinking of my troubles and my lonely wandering makes me miserable. That's all I ever think about. No wonder I'm depressed. <laughs> but listen, you've heard me say before, God never ends a story on a negative note. Jeremiah continues, listen to this. Then I remember something that fills me with hope. In the midst of all that he just said, I remember something. Life's falling apart. God is rubbing my face in the dirt. But I remember something. Just the hope of kindness can turn a bad day into a good day. Just the hope that there is still kindness can restore our hope in humanity. Hmm. This is what he remembered. Lamentations out of the contemporary English. Verse 22. The Lord's kindness never fails. Wait, 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 wait. Jeremiah, you just got done telling us where you are. But I remembered something that's greater than my circumstance. See, you've heard me say before, anytime your revelation becomes greater than your environment, the enemy loses his ability of containment. But you've got to have the image of a big-hearted, kind-hearted, tender-hearted God. Jeremiah said, I have one memory that I'm going to hold on to. The Lord's kindness never fails. If he had not been merciful, we would have been destroyed. The Lord can always be trusted to show mercy each morning. Deep in my heart, in verse 24, I say the Lord is all I need. I can depend on him. My question is this as we... Has anyone in here ever had a bad day? I'm the only one. Now, let me define for you a bad... I'm talking about the kind of bad day where violence is therapy. 
I know y'all are too holy. But I always go back to when my wife and I had first become missionaries, and we did everything we knew to do it right. I contacted the Polish consulate. I asked for all of the forms and what I had to do to be able to ship my container to a foreign land. And Rick Renner and his staff, who had done it countless times, helped me. They walked me through the process so I know that everything was done right. And it should have been a seamless, painless transition from Tulsa to Warsaw. But when my container arrived in Poland, they told me, we don't care what the Polish consulate told you, you owe us money. And I argued, because I had none. It cost us everything we have to get there. And they held all of our possessions hostage. And it was getting stinking cold. And we left Oklahoma in August, which means we weren't dressed for cold. It was getting cold. And they were holding it. And I argued with them. It was just, every morning I got up and I took a train to the customs office. And I was there before they opened and I stayed arguing with them till they closed and they made me go home. The next day I repeated. I'd go back. Finally I came home one day and I needed violence therapy. <laughs> I told Deborah, I said, I can't do this anymore. You know? I don't know if she said this, but knowing my wife, she probably said, pray for them. And I said, I am. I'm praying that God would break out every one of their teeth. <laughs> David prayed it. I want to pray it. And I said, love, I need some violence. I need to live victoriously through somebody else's violence. I need to go see something get blown up. Somebody needs to get punched out. I got to see it. And so there happened to be a movie. It had just been released, and it was called Godzilla. <laughs> So we went down and we saw Godzilla. I cheered for the lizard. <laughs> Every time the lizard walked through a building, I was like, do it again, man. Do it. Because in my mind, that was the customs office. <laughs> I'm talking about a bad day. And when he stepped on someone, I said, do it again. I saw it twitch. He's not dead. Because that's a customs agent. Step on him again. You're my kind of lizard. <laughs> I needed kindness to restore my hope. Because see, when you're having the kind of Jeremiah day or Jimmy day, you need kindness to restore. Because listen to me when I say this. Kindness fuels hope. Hope is faith. You need kindness in that moment of desperation when you don't know where to go and you don't know what to say and you don't know who to trust. You need someone, like, it's just like if you're having a bad day and somebody holds the door open for you. They have no idea. They just absolutely revolutionized your hope in humanity because you were just saying, ain't nobody got an ounce of kindness. Everyone is self-centered. Nobody's doing it. And then somebody holds the door for you. And you're like, thank you. All they did was hold a door, but they changed your heart. That's what kindness does, and that's who God is. All the way from the very beginning, every time the people of God had a tragedy, God inserted kindness. Hmm. The question is, can you and I believe? Can we believe? 
for God to do a random act of kindness for us. Something that changes our mindset, even our destiny. Go with me to the book of Ephesians. Listen to this. I want you to have faith to believe that this could be the day it all changes. It only takes one act. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20 says this. I never started my clock. I'm so sorry. <clears throat> Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20, reading it out of the Passion Translation. Never doubt God's mighty power. Never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all this. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request, your most unbelievable dream. Everyone say, He is good. He is is kind. kind. He's able to achieve infinitely more than your greatest request, your most unbelievable dream. And exceed your wildest imagination. He will outdo them all. Mm. For His miraculous power constantly energizes you. Kindness changes everything. Kindness kindness always has been the hope of every generation. Every generation has needed to know that God loves us more than we deserve. And so He'll do what we don't deserve. And God says, above all the things that you know about me, I want you to know that I'm kind. Put up on the screen, if you would, Jeremiah chapter 9, verse 24. Now, in verse 23, the Lord says this. He says, I really don't want you to brag, but I certainly don't want you to brag about your wisdom, your affluence, your influence, or your strength. So he says this in verse 24. If you feel you must brag, then have enough sense to brag about worshiping me. The Lord, what I like best, you hear, now listen to what he's saying, what I like best. See, some people got the idea that what God likes best is inflicting harm. He, God likes best giving his people cancer because it makes them humble. You see, you remember the image of God? The God of religion is mean. The God of the Bible is tenderhearted. And he says right here, what I like best is showing kindness. If it's written, then our uncertainty is unnecessary. What I like best is showing kindness, justice, and mercy to the worthy. To everyone on earth. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. If you read the life story of David, and I'm sure you have, you'll discover David was not a man without trials. I mean, some of them were self-inflicted things. But David knew what it was to be both celebrated and hunted. He lived in a palace, yes, but he lived in a cave first. He knew what it was to be lied about. He knew what it was to hide in fear for his life. He knew what it was to be betrayed to be betrayed by both family and friends. But this very man who, at one time, his protection was pretending that he was insane. This man learned that through every tragedy, there's something I can count on. The loving kindness of God. 
This, listen to what he said in, in Psalm 42, verse 6. Here I am, this is David, here I am, depressed and downcast, yet I will still, what? Same thing as Jeremiah would say many years in the future. Yet I will remember you as I ponder the place where your glory streams down from the mighty mountaintops, lofty and majestic, the mountains of your awesome presence. And I'm going to show you as we bring this to an end, in his presence is always kindness. Verse 7 says this, My deep need calls out to the deep kindness of your love. I want to say that again. Listen, never suffer in silence. Do not suffer in silence. Suffer in praise. Because if you praise in the midst of your suffering, your suffering won't last very long. David said, my deep need calls out to the deep kindness of your love. David made it very clear over and over again. His deep need called out to the deep kindness of God's love. And how did God respond? Did God say, no, 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 you deserve the mess you're in. You made your bed? Yeah, that ain't God. This is what David, look at Psalm 42 says this in verse 8. The Lord will command, the Lord will command, David said, in my deep need, I call out to your deep kindness. And the Lord says, the Lord will command his loving kindness. Command. Everyone say command. In response to David calling out, God says, I command my kindness to seek you out. As if God says, hey, kindness, go find David. David is called out. Now go and do something for him. Ah, this is, I don't know if it's helping you, it's helping me. The Lord will command His loving kindness in the daytime, and His song will be with me in the night. God commanded His loving kindness to manifest in David's day. David had experienced the kindness of God over and over again. And he had learned, listen to this, God's loving kindness is better than life. Put up on the screen Psalm 63, verse 3. Because your loving kindness is better than life, my lips will praise you. Everyone say, kindness Kindness. changes everything. everything. Another way of saying this would be this. Your kindness makes my life better. Because in the midst of every tragedy, every trouble... Every storm, you insert kindness. Why are you constantly good? Because his heart, that big, pulsating, tender, divine heart. Does God's heart beat? I don't know. One day I'll put my ear to his chest and I'll find out. But imagine that it does. With every beat that never ceases because he's eternal, kindness gets pumped out. Because his heart is kind. Every beat, kindness is coming towards you. You and I need to learn to live in the daily expectation of a manifestation of kindness. 
not because we deserve it. It has nothing to do with what we deserve. It has everything to do with who he is. God, your loving kindness has made my life better. Mm. Psalm 117, verse 2. I love this verse, too. For his loving kindness is great toward us. And the truth of the Lord is everlasting. Praise the Lord. Now, in the Hebrew, this word great, it's a verb. It's a verb, not an adjective. It's a verb, meaning there's action to it. And this is what it means, that his loving kindness is strong and it's moving to you and it prevails. It is used to indicate superior strength or success. David is sharing with, listen to this, sharing with each of us an amazing reality. God's kindness is greater than any adversity or adversary. God's kindness is greater than any adversity or adversary. His kindness is superior in strength and brings success, and it's moving toward you. It's coming. Listen, God's kindness is coming for you. Get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. Get ready to experience his kindness. Because if he's kind to the ungrateful, can you imagine how kind he is to the grateful? If he's kind to the evil, can you imagine how kind he is to the holy? If I'm not careful, I'll start preaching up here. No wonder, listen to this, when David was weak and in pain, he cried out, Lord, be kind to me. Your kindness is superior to my sickness. Your kindness will prevail over all of my circumstances. Let's all say together, Lord, Lord, be kind to me. me. Listen to Isaiah chapter 63 and verse 7. I will tell all about the kind deeds the Lord has done. They deserve praise. The Lord has shown mercy to the people of Israel, and he has been kind and good. I will tell, everyone say, I will tell. When God does something for you, don't be ashamed of it. Don't hide it. Don't pretend it didn't happen. Tell everyone about how kind God has been to you. Why? Because listen to when I tell you this, kindness is contagious. When you tell everyone what God has done for you, it will empower them to believe God will be kind to them. Because what he's done for one, he will do for all. So understand what Isaiah said. When God does something good, I'm going to tell someone somewhere about what God has done for me. Because we got to displace that image of a hard-hearted, mean vindictive God that humanity lives in fear of. Listen, if everyone everywhere knew how good God was and that goodness was getting preached in every pulpit in this county, every church in this county would be jam-packed with people wanting to find, because it's the goodness of the Lord that leads men to repentance. The whole world needs to know that God is kind. Hmm. Look for his kindness. Expect his kindness. And then brag about his kindness. In closing, 
Go with me to the book of Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32. <clears throat> Kindness, both received and expressed, revolutionizes our life. I want to say that again. Kindness, both received and expressed. It revolutionizes our life. It changes everything. And when we know that we are the recipients of kindness, it makes it much easier to be kind. And that's what Paul says here in Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32. He says, be kind to one another. Now remember how we defined kind? Tender-hearted. Big-hearted. Inclined to do good for one another. Why? Because we're imitating our Father. We want to be children of the Most High. And He is kind to us, so we want to be kind to one another. We want the world to have flower power and everyone be happy because everyone is so kind. Well, Pastor, that's not very realistic. No, that's quite heavenly, actually. Because doesn't the Bible teach us there? He'll wipe away the tears. The only time we cry, He'll wipe them away. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ has also forgiven you. Mm. Psalm 85, verse 7, and I will bring this to a close. Psalm 85, verse 7. Show us your mercy and loving kindness, O Lord, and grant us your salvation. I will listen with expectancy to what the Lord will say. For he will speak peace to his people. He will speak shalom. Nothing broken, nothing missing. Everything restored. And here's, you remember God said, my word will not return to me void. It will accomplish what I send it to do. God will speak peace to his people. That means when God speaks peace, peace is. When he speaks to a storm, what's it do? Ceases. When he speaks to the dead, what do they do? When he speaks to the lame, what do they do? When he speaks to the blind, what do they do? When he speaks to the broken, what do they do? Become whole. When he speaks peace, peace is what you'll have. I will listen with expectation for what the Lord will say. The Lord will say, peace, Jimmy. Nothing broken. Nothing missing. Every dream made manifest. Every area of your life tranquil. I will listen to what the Lord will say. For he will speak peace to his people, to his saints, those who are in right standing with him. But let them not turn again to self-confident folly. Surely his salvation is near to those who reverently and worshipfully fear him and is ready to be appropriated. That the manifest, listen to this, the manifest presence of God his glory may tabernacle and abide in our church. This is what I want to get to. Mercy and loving kindness and truth have met together. 
righteousness and peace have kissed each other. Verse 10 is the result of him tabernacling with us. Of his presence. In his presence. No wonder there's fullness of joy. Because there's unbridled, unrestrained, unlimited kindness. And mercy, truth, and kindness walk arm in arm and embrace all of us. Stand to your feet this morning. And let's say this together. My Lord Lord is kind, kind. big-hearted, tender-hearted, and wants to do me good. good. His kindness kindness changes changes everything. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Now, I don't know about you. I hope you're of the same mind. I expect when I walk out those doors, somebody somewhere is going to do something good for me. Because God's kindness is chasing Jimmy down. And I got a pretty fast truck now, so it's going to have to run fast. I can picture kindness going, slow down, dude. Let's all live with that expectation. And let's dump the idea that your storm's going to last forever. Be like Jeremiah in the midst of no matter what it is you're facing. Remember, God's kindness has no limit. Never ceases. And so in the middle of your trial, your storm, you can lift those hands and you can give him praise and you can say, you're all I ever need. Hallelujah, Father. I want to ask our prayer team to come up. Everyone that's on our prayer team, come on up. If you know how to pray, if you need prayer this morning, if you're here this morning and you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, make this the day of your salvation. It's not about religion. It's about relationship. It's not about what you can't do. It's about what you get to do. If you're not filled with the Holy Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in tongues, this can be your day. And if you need prayer for healing or finance, listen, your success is our honor. We want to pray with you. So if you need prayer, Jackie's going to sing. You come down front, let these folks pray with you, and your life will never be the same again. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God is so good. He's so good to
Now I'm on. I am? Yeah. All right. Father, seal your word. That it won't be easily forgotten. And Father, as the steward of this house, I declare over all of your people. Blessing. Kindness. Goodness. May they have much laughter in the days to come. I pray that, Father, you would show yourself so great on their behalf that when they sit on the bed, before, before they lay down, they can't help but laugh out loud. Just think, how did this happen? And may they lift their hands to you in praise as the day comes to a close, knowing full well that tomorrow it's rinse and repeat time. In Jesus' name. With that, you are dismissed. Go and be blessed. We love you.